I don't want to have any one thing in my life that I won't even say controls me because it didn't even control me. But I don't want to crave anything. What about sex? I, I'm celibate. I don't want to need sex either. Hmm. In the longest, like I've had little periods of time, you know, like six months here, nine months there. But um, that's when I got out of my last relationship. And I just didn't feel the desire to date or go through that or like, you know, exactly what you said before. Like just be in a situation, situationship like somebody, um, I'm just really taking my time. Like, I want to feel like there's a purpose behind this um, dating before I go down that road. Mm -hmm. And my life is full, so I didn't, like, I'm not bored or anything. I don't need to date out of boredom. Mm. You don't get lonely? Um, like physically, yeah, but muscle through it. Muscle through it. <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Power through. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a toy. Just a couple little ones. Yeah. Nothing major. Nothing major. Nothing major. So know what's going on Let's be transparent, girl, we grown It's getting late, so call my phone So we can do this one-on-one -on -one. Girl, we ain't right, doing welcome this to Richard, I'm your host, Johnny Dutton, like aka Ness And before we get started, make sure you guys check out the Patreon For behind-the-scenes content, all the new episodes are on Patreon And make sure you guys check out the website, www.richardfloyd.net for this loose merch. Um, yeah. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. I haven't had you yet. Um <laughs> having me here. <laughs> <laughs> so um I have this beautiful lady. Um introduce yourself. My name is Toddy. I am a virtual wholesaler. Mm -hmm. So it's basically I'm making uh multiple six figures from my couch. Virtual wholesaling. Yep. Don't even gotta go see the property. Don't gotta see it. Don't gotta meet nobody. You just stay home. Do everything from home. Oh, okay. How long have you been doing that? Since 2020. Mm -hmm. So I was a waitress on the strip and I got laid off during the pandemic. Strip Las Vegas? Yep. Las Vegas Strip. Um, it's a restaurant called La Pizza La Pasta. So I was serving wine and cocktails there. Got laid off and um, I just basically got on YouTube. I had to figure something out. And the real wholesaling in Vegas wasn't working for me. So I started doing it virtually and it, it took off not just in vegas everywhere yeah i started in cleveland and then st louis and everywhere i do it is um thousands of miles away from where i live who um okay you just learned on youtube and you just started calling people literally <laughs> i learned on youtube i got the software to call people and i started calling people in las vegas i kept getting cussed out um and hung up on so I tried Cleveland's, and on the third day, I got my first deal. Well, what deal was that? It was a deal of a duplex. So the guy wanted to sell a duplex. He sold it to me for 15000 and then I found a buyer for it for 27000 So I made almost 15000 on my first deal. But you were very motivated. I kept 
before that deal even closed, I lined up five more. I was very motivated. As soon as I got my first yes, I understood that I could really do this from home. And I just went crazy. So after you get them to say yes, would you send them a contract? They sign it. Yep. You send them a contract. They sign it. And you go to Facebook group and you find a buyer, a real estate investment. Facebook group. Facebook group. This is all on YouTube. This is all on YouTube. Wow. And it was all pretty much free. The only thing I paid for was the software to call the people, which was $150. And then the list was $100. What's the software? What do you need software to call people for? Well, you know, if you was to call people manually, it would take you a really long time. Mm -hmm. So the software, you put all the numbers in there. You could call like 600 people in one day. So it's like, it's an auto dialer. But you still got to talk to these people. Yeah, but everyone's not going to pick up. So if you call, if you make 600 dials, let's say you might have 30 conversations in a day. So I was doing it for like six to eight hours a day. I was just sitting there making calls. Hmm. Just like a job. Like if you worked at a call center, you'd be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. It was. I didn't really believe in it at first, but um, I did six deals my first month. And that was like, that was it. That was all the fire I needed. Hmm. And you do this full time right now? I do it full time. Now I have a team, so I'm not the one making the calls anymore. Mm-hmm. But that took me like a year and a half, almost two years to get to that point. I did everything by myself until then. How big is your team? Eight people. So I have people making the calls, people getting the contracts, people selling the deals. And then I have one person overseeing it all, making sure it happens smoothly. This sounds like when I was finessing. Yeah. It's a big finesse, actually. Mm. Yeah, when you think about it, it is. Because you never actually have to spend any money as far as you don't have to buy the house to sell the house. Mm -hmm. But I feel like finesse has like a negative feeling to it. It it does. It's I would say it's more it's more of an opportunity. You're finding opportunities. A hustle. It's a hustle. But it's bigger than the hustle because way more money involved. I mean (laughs) <laughs> I when I was finessing like doing my legal things, I would have to have a team like of callers, and <laughs> they would call people, and then we would do the interview. And then I would have another team or another person that would like. Uh, I ain't gotta break this down, but had a team. But it sounds almost the same thing: just calling around and making a bunch of calls each and every day. Yeah, and as a team leader, you making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that the funds are coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it. How much money do you make now? On the low end, 10K a month, normally 30 to 50. 10K a month with all these people? It's not like you do 10K by yourself. I, no, I'm saying like on the on the low end. 10K by myself for sure, but I'm having to make all the calls. Right. So the average deal is 11500 And then you just subtract the money we spend for marketing. Right. So it's like 10 to 50K. But like, for example, July was 37 this month's 23, but we have two more deals closing. Mm-hmm. So really it's closer to like 30 to 50, but you may have a month where like the deal doesn't close when it's supposed to and it gets pushed back and you only close one or you only close three. So gotcha. that's why I say 10 to 50 is like realistic. Mm-hmm. And then you have six figure months. I had a $140,000 month. I had a $160,000 month. Like I've had some six figure months in the, in the mix in these last three years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why don't you do any other form of real estate? So I, I, I do when I have, um, so I lived in Vegas, right? And I was finding deals in Cleveland. So I started buying properties mm-hmm. and it got very overwhelming with trying to fix them and run my business while I lived there. So I moved to Cleveland. 
And I was like, I'm gonna buy all these properties and have all these rentals. So at a time I had 18 doors. So like if you have three units, it's three doors. So at a time I had three units, duplexes and single families, and I had 18, but it was very, very stressful. So I ended up selling most of them, but I do still buy deals. I still have two of those and I still buy deals, but they just have to be good enough to be worth the trouble because dealing with tenants and fixing stuff is a whole nother business in itself. Mm -hmm. This is like the easy, easy this is easy and it's no risk. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? Originally, mm -hmm. my uh, my family's from Ethiopia. I was born in California. Ethiopia, you been before? Yep, in 2010, I went for three months. 2010, why you go back? You it's, got been, money it's been wars nonstop for the last four years. Still warm right now? Yeah, it's really bad right now. It's been bad nonstop. My homegirl wanted me to go out there. She out there right now. <laughs> She's like, yeah, come out, come on. You definitely should not go. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Hmm. She's in the major city, right? I would hope so. Yeah, even in the even in the major city, there's stuff going on. But like even where my family lives, two weeks ago, they were like bombing it with drones. It's very dangerous. Wow. I'm glad you didn't go. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go either. What part of California were you born in? Fresno. Fresno. Yeah. Why you smile like that? It's it's not boring. It's very boring. Mm. It's like a cow farm town. Cow farm. You grew up on a farm? No, I lived there till I was six, and then we moved to Vegas. But I just lived in the city. It's Fresno's ghetto. It's not much there. Ghetto or country? Which one? Well, ghetto and country. Uh -huh. Ghetto and country. Hmm. How was it working on the strip? Working on the strip was mentally exhausting because everybody's so drunk, and uh -huh. you have to learn how to finesse that situation. <laughs> What about like the, like the, the name Sin City? Does it really feel like because you work there? I mean, I know what I'm only there for two days. Yeah, I just get tired and it's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. What? That's how it is for people who live there too. Um, I definitely don't want to live there. The culture is like people either work on the strip. Or they work to be at the strip club, gambling, getting drunk. So it's a city of vices. It is Sin City. People move there from all around the world to live that kind of life. So very transient. People coming from all over. People coming from different countries, different states, just to get drunk and have fun. Mm -hmm. So that's the culture. You ever had prostitute friends? Um. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people I went to high school with grew up and... Became prostitutes. Became strippers and then oh. became, or a combination of both. Why you didn't choose that life? It wasn't really uh, an option for me. I'm I'm Ethiopian, first of all. You it's can like, hide it. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think you can do that and really hide it. What I mean, mean, it's a small city. Like, was someone gonna go back and tell your parents or what? I mean, well, besides, well, I'm saying like it was never even a thought. It was never even an option. Growing up, it wasn't like. First of all, I was supposed to be like a doctor, an engineer or something. So me dropping out of college was even a big disappointment. <laughs> so um, that wasn't for me. Like, I, I feel like I was always really smart and I always felt like I could make money on my own. Like I didn't I feel like most people do that when they feel like they don't have another option or they can't do something on their own. So they resort to that. I don't think that's anybody's first option. I think it was a couple strippers out here that just said, fuck it. Let's go strip. They had to think like, 
there's no way else I can make this kind of money. That has to be your mindset when you do something like that. Yeah. But if you believe in yourself and you're like, there's other ways I could make that type of money, mm-hmm. you would you would do that. Mm-hmm. Are Ethiopians, are you Muslim? No, I'm Christian. But a lot of Ethiopians are Muslim. So are they they're against stripping? Against- oh, for sure. What? Mm-hmm. I think they're against wearing revealing clothing. I mean, mm-hmm. not even just the Muslim, but Christian, just in general, it's a very, very conservative culture. Mm-hmm. Are you conservative as a person? Um, I wouldn't say I'm conservative. I w- I would say I'm. I might be a little reserved, but I'm not conservative. I- I'm very open minded. I don't judge people for what they do. I don't have no problem with people being whatever they are. Not. What do you do? <laughs> What do you identify? <laughs> I, I identify as a straight woman, but if somebody's um gay or trans, you know, I don't judge them and I I'll respect whatever they feel. Like I'm open minded, you know what I mean? I don't subscribe to like a you you were born this, so you have to be this and like shaming people for who they who they want to be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't affect me. And I I would hate to feel some type of way. And not be supported by people. Mm-hmm. Like for people to just hate me for no... I mean, it's kind of like... If you think about it, it's kind of like being black. If somebody just hates you because you're black, you're mm-hmm. going to feel some type of way. And that's how I feel about any type of ism. Do Ethiopians consider themselves black? Yes. You sure? All of them? I do. and My family does. Mm-hmm. I, f- I mean, we're African, so we're like... We're definitely black. People from, um, was it Morocco? It was Morocco. It was Egypt. Egypt. Um, <laughs> Egypt, they don't think they're black. They say they're Arab or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've had some Egyptian friends who said that and I got offended. Um, I think that black people don't think African people are black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when, growing up, People used to say, you're not black, you're Ethiopian. Mm -hmm. And that was normal, so. Yeah, I mean, I was, I could see why, but I think that um, they're just trying to, like, put you in a category. You are black, but you're still Ethiopian. And I go through, like, I go through the things that other black women would go through when it comes to dealing with other races. It's not like a white person would see me and not treat me like a black person. Right. If a racist white person saw me, they would treat me just like they would treat anybody else. So mm-hmm. when people say that to me, I feel like it's to like kind of minimize my experience as a black woman. Like mm-hmm. you're not really black though. Like you have it easier almost because, but it's not, it's the mm-hmm. same. Like we, I think I'm darker than you. I always said I was going to marry an Ethiopian woman. It's a good choice. You single? I'm single, but... But what? I'm not the one. But there's so many beautiful Ethiopian women. I never I said what, <laughs> what? I mean you followed up that with are you single? So I was it was just, just a, Yeah, I'm single right now. But why would you say you're you're not the one? Like why would I assume that I'm not? Yeah. Um I mean I've watched a lot of your content. I don't think we're like equally yoked. Because of my content. Of because of your expression. Expression. 
of what you you know what I mean what you see as uh what you would want in a woman you're you're not my type yeah I'm not your type am I your type um I don't really have a type I wouldn't say I have a type I just want to be aligned in what ways in uh envision and goals and expectation Hmm. Okay. Could you see yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Could you see yourself um, dealing with me? Um. What fuck all that? What makes you think that you're not my type? Because I remember in one of the interviews that I watched you do with another gentleman, uh-huh. you guys both said that you would not want a woman who wanted to be a seven figure earner. I said that. You both said that. That I wouldn't want a woman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You pretty much said it would have to be like, there was like a bracket of a type of woman that you said that would fit into that category of like dateable. Like she can't be broke mm-hmm. and need rent money. You know, it needs to be better than that. But it can't be like to a point where she's seven figures or working on towards seven figures because you felt like, that doesn't leave room for, um, and I don't think you're alone in this. I think a lot of guys feel like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't leave room for her to like nurture you and do the things. And I think that's an assumption because I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of women who can do both. Um, but you know, you're not the only person that said that. That's something I hear a lot, actually. Hmm. It's something I hear a lot. Well, I think the typical seven figure honor. Uh, they're just busy and not not saying that I won't ever because I have and I met some good ones but majority of the time you'll get these bossy women very bossy very busy who wants a bossy busy woman what's bossy to you like for example um like bringing her her work into the, the house like into her relationship loud demanding <laughs> um i met this lady yesterday at revolt she was like head of security or something she was a nice small woman i said damn dude. she was just yelling like hey go there go there uh-uh send her back no <laughs> like just talking loud i was like you're very small and aggressive she's like why would you say i'm aggressive I was like because just look at you i was like so are you the same way at home she's like no i'm so soft at home <laughs> i was like i highly i don't believe it I don't believe it. But yeah, I just, I need someone right in the middle. It's so crazy because I just was talking to somebody who said he knew a girl who was doing the same thing as me, but she stopped doing it because she felt like she had to be so hard during work, like negotiating sales and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that she felt like she wasn't able to be a woman. I don't really. Be a woman at work? To be a woman. Like when she got off, she felt Uh, like she couldn't be soft and be a woman. I just feel like. I just feel like soft is like a buzzword right now. Like everybody wants to be so soft, but it's like, just be yourself. Like in work, you don't have to be hard. Nobody says you got to go around being, you know, Mrs. Man, like just be yourself. I negotiate deals and I talk to people just like this. I don't have a loud voice. I'm like, I would love to do that, but I can't like, that's it. It's not like I have to be this aggressive person to make money. I can, you know, I'm not, I'm really... I don't like conflict. I'm a little bit 
passive when it comes to like arguing. And that might be because of my background. Like I'm more like, let's think about it. If I start getting mad, let me stop and take some time to think, think before I speak. I don't just lash out. So I do that in work and I do that, you know, at home. So I don't think that it's, it's just that cut and dry. I think there's so many people who have so many different personality types, but, um, I think women who are ambitious right now are kind of being put in a box. It's almost like it's a negative thing to be an ambitious woman. Mm. I wouldn't say all the way negative. That's just in the dating world. In the dating world. Mm -hmm. In the dating world. Yeah. Maybe not you. Maybe you haven't seen a lots of lots of women. Because these women that's making these this this money from like OnlyFans, because these women are making a lot. Like, like millions. 50, 60K months, 100K months. Women that um, have their own business. These women are making a lot of money. And I think that um, I think just, just they're not used to it. They're not used to like, not just them, but like in their DNA. They're just not used to just being this boss woman. So they can't control it. Like it, it, it bothers them. Or it just gets in the way. But I, I salute women that are bosses. I love it. Yeah, no, I've definitely had my, my share of 50, 60 and greater months. I think it's not even that I'm, I'm not used to it. I think the way I'm getting it is like, it's not like it's just coming mm -hmm. from something easy. Like it takes time and thought. And then when I make the money, I have to reinvest it. So mm -hmm. I don't, it doesn't get to my head because... The people I put myself around are making 50 million a year, 80 million a year, like especially in real estate, going to masterminds and going to things where people are doing way more than me. Mm -hmm. I'm consistently humbled. Like I know what I'm doing is just scratching the surface. You don't meet men at these masterminds and events? And I do. Um, I have dated someone who who did some of the same things that I do at a at a bigger scale. Mm hmm. And? It just didn't work out. Why? Um, honestly, we got into an argument and he called me out of my name and it, I just couldn't. How'd you bitch? Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> Black? Yeah. What'd you do to him? You had to do something to him. Just call you a bitch. I, obviously, I irritated him. I, I got frustrated. I don't remember what I said, but I was just like, he just went off. Like, he just went off and he called me a couple types of bitches. Types of bitches? Yeah. Stupid ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, uh, I just recoiled. I was like, uh, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not right now. Do you want to? You want to meet men at these? Like, not just want to meet a man, but like, would it be more? I don't know. Would it? Is it better meeting a guy in these situations? I think ideally it would be because it would be like, you know, a power couple. Like we both uh, understand the same thing. We speak the same language. Mm -hmm. We can build um, mm -hmm. ideally. But a lot of guys do reach out to me on Instagram and stuff like that. that do the same thing that I do. But I don't know. I'm just not really attracted. And I think there needs to be an equal amount of attraction to like seeing a future with somebody for sure. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be. You can't just be with somebody because you see that you can have you can make a lot of money with them or they make a lot of money or whatever. Like there has to be 
some mm. desire to be with them. Are you attracted to me? Um, no. No, serious question. I think you're an attractive person. But you're not attracted to me. No, I don't know you well enough to be attracted to you. What? Yeah. I don't know your mind. Like, that's more attractive to me. Gotcha. Mm. But you're a good-looking person. For sure. So I'm attractive. You're attractive. To you, attractive. To you at this moment. Because I don't know you well enough. Okay, my goal by the end of this interview is to get you attractive. <laughs> it's more of like a how does your mind work thing. Why is this a question? Um, so, you know, right now you said you do want to be married, but I feel like you have some conflicting, uh, conflicting views because I think in other situations you might say that you don't see the benefit of marriage. Mm -hmm. So do you, or don't you? Well, here's the thing. Now, I don't want to get married the traditional way of thinking. When I get married, I need, I need to get married because... That's just a smart thing to do. A financially smart thing to do. Now, so romantic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that I need to leave my name. I need to I need to have someone that I leave something to a family to. So um in that aspect. But but if I do it this way, then I won't ever get divorced. People get married because of love and I don't think marriage was never made for that. Um, I think marriage was made for like business. It just made sense. And we we get married because we love each other, which is all great and dandy. But people fall out of love all the time. And the way the world is the way the world is right now, it it just moves so fast. And we can't fucking hold on to anything. The first I agree. argument disagreement we're just ready to leave mm -hmm. and i don't want i don't want to leave this person so that's just how i feel about it i don't want if, if i get married it's no divorce it's, we're here yeah whether we hate each other we just got to push through but it won't be based off of love be based off because i trust you that's a good answer i can see your perspective so the benefit to getting married to you is more of a financial legacy decision See, with you, you're different because you have a different tradition. Your mom and your dad were together? No, they're not. Never? As so my mom and my dad, and don't take this weird, but it's a different culture, right? My mom was 13 when she married my dad, and he was in his 30s. In Ethiopia, they had an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. So she never wanted to be married to him. It was like her family gave her to him, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't actually live with him till she was 16 because that's part of it. Um, the woman has to like have her period before she can move in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's my parents. So when mm -hmm. I was 11, they divorced. She never wanted to actually be with him. She was just kind of forced. One day her mom told her she was going to a wedding and she was going to her wedding. She Did was 13. Your dad picked her or was it just a He family? asked my grandfather, if he could marry her. My dad was a farmer. He was working on my grandfather's farm. And um, my my dad's father was like a big military guy. So he was kind of well-known. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because he was had that lineage, my, my grandpa was like, yeah, you can marry her. So he married her. How do you feel about that? 
it's it sucks to say it out loud because in America that's like it's so taboo it's bad but it was the culture back then it's not the culture anymore except for like in the countryside that was the culture back then um do I like it no and then the thing that makes it kind of weird too is that my dad always saw her as like he raised her low-key because she was only 13 so he taught her how to read and write and speak English she didn't know how to read or write or speak English my dad taught her that mm-hmm. um he basically raised her too with her parents in a sense so it's weird it's weird to me growing up in this culture um but they got divorced when i was 11 my mom definitely didn't want to be uh married to him at what age did she have were you the first child i was the the third my first brother passed away when he was a baby so it was my sister and me well, she how was, old was uh, she when she, was, when she had the first child uh, about about uh 18 then she had my sister when she was 20 and then she had me when she was 22. wow mm-hmm. young you know, like, <laughs> how do you feel about that? You being American and hearing that, like, married at 13 to a grown man, like, that's crazy. Me saying this is going to sound fucked up, but I think that it's okay. I think that um, we, society, we made up this these rules. I don't think it's okay to just have sex with a 13-year-old. Which no. they didn't. Right. I think that I think it's okay if you used to be able to pick your wife at a young age and watch her grow. But then you look at it like, damn, that's disgusting because you're looking at this little girl, which is very bad. But are you looking at her like that or are you looking at her like she has a good family? You know, I know they're raising her the way that I would want her to be. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be a good wife one day. Well, and that's more along the lines of what it is. Mm-hmm. But when we think about it, it's like, okay, damn, this predator was right. was, was picking. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. And you know, just was thinking about sex, and I think y'all tradition are thinking way deeper than that. Okay, like, okay, she has a good family. She's pretty right now. Um, I can mold her into whatever I want, teach her the things that I want, and because once a girl gets to a certain age, it's, they're kind of like unteachable in a sense or unmoldable. You know, it's funny you would think that, but my dad didn't get to mold her the way he wanted to because she probably didn't like him at all. Yeah, she was like mad about the whole situation. And this was in Ethiopia. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean you got to think like from her perspective, she's like mad. Like she's probably defiant the whole time. Yeah, like, for sure. Get out of this. Very defiant. Very couldn't wait to get out of it. And she would tell you this. She told you this. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 She still feels some type of way about the whole situation. She's not happy about it. I wonder if she lived and stayed in Ethiopia. Like, would she have still did the same thing? Felt so, like married her children off. Yeah. Like would absolutely she- not. And that's the reason why my parents are my mom. So a lot of African parents they want you to date not just another Ethiopian, but in the same tribe, speak the same language. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they want you to, to to be with somebody that's going to carry on the exact culture. My mom never minded that I was never attracted to Ethiopian men because mm-hmm. I've never dated an Ethiopian guy my whole life. And I mean, since I was 16, when I first started dating, she knew that it wasn't going to happen. And she never cared because she always wanted me to be happy. Like, mm-hmm. it was never one of those... I want you to be who I want you to be type of situations. The only reason I agree with it is because, you know, the culture of it. 
the idea, like at least they stood for something. Like right now, like the culture is whatever. It's like it's disgusting. Like we just date, we fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we move on to the next person. We could do this every month. We could do this every week. And at least it might not we might not agree to what you to what they're doing, but at least like they have a culture that they stand on, that they believe in, and that they continue doing. Like we we just finding going through the motion going with the flow yeah and i would rather have culture than what it is right now i would rather and then when you actually look at it at it too it's like damn like men were actually just one giving away their daughter just here and then now i just own you and when women think about it it's like i don't want to be owned and we shouldn't of course women gonna argue and hate it because you're not in control and I don't, I don't agree with that part too, because like, damn, like now women don't have any type of say so in who they get to choose, and that's just very selfish of men. Sometimes I have an aunt and uncle who are in arranged marriage, and they worked out so well. And I feel like in some cases it's just easier. What was the age difference? Um, for them, it was maybe like a 10, 10 year age difference. That's not bad. Your dad was thirty. And that was yeah, like 20. it was like a, it was like a, a, my dad and my mom was like a seventeen year age difference. Um, they were like 10 or 12 years, so it wasn't as bad, but it was also an arranged marriage and they're still together and they're happy. And they like, they kind of grew up together in a way and they became best friends, but it was like, there was no other option. It wasn't like right now where you got 75 million options of who you could date. It's just, this is the person for you. So it kind of makes things a lot easier mm-hmm. in a sense, because now you just plan life with that person. Yeah. Especially if you got all these followers. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All these people in DMs. You get distracted. You get if, distracted. if you allow yourself to be, we all have the ultimate control. Yeah. Your DMs ain't been. Your DMs be lit? <laughs> Probably not as much as yours. Or these women that have BBLs and stuff like that. And I, I was talking to this girl the other day, and she's in a really good relationship. Like, oh, I love him, but. She's like, he's not doing the things I want right now. And she's like, my DMs. I get so many people after me. I'm like, see, that's your problem. If these people wasn't distracting you and having you thinking other shit, then you would be focused on your relationship trying to make it work. But it's these other people that's in your ear and motivating you. I'm like, ain't shit out here. There's nothing out here. You're gonna get you're gonna get out this relationship and then go outside and then be and it's revolving. I don't know. Dating, meeting somebody for the first time. Yep, trips, meet them, shopping next. Yeah, no. Um, my DMs are consistent, but there's not anything that's crazy, and it's not anybody that I'm like interested in too much. You date white guys? No. Just black. I dated one white guy before. It didn't go well. So I try to keep an open mind, but I'm pretty much only attracted to black guys. Mm. But I do, you know, as I'm as I'm getting older, I do feel like, you know, maybe I should have more of an open mind. With other races? Yeah. Maybe. What's wrong with the white guy? This specific one, um, he didn't believe in me. Like he was very stuck in this. Vegas mindset of like work as a waitress or a bartender, get your casino money, get your casino pension, mm-hmm. and retire at the casino. 
Damn. And when I started doing real estate, he basically was like, you're not going to succeed in that. <laughs> so it was like, all right, this is going nowhere fast because I believe in me. So everybody around me needs to believe in me. Mm-hmm. Don't let that white guy mess you up with the other white guys. <laughs> no, it's not just that, though. They don't understand. Like, they don't understand wor- the world as a black person. And that's important to me. It's important to me. And I've never really been attracted to white guys. I only liked him because he was super funny. I was like, okay. Mm. You know, girls. I'm funny. Who like, oh, he's funny. Oh, that. And we'll think about that one thing. But that was, you know, me at a younger age. Oh, how long ago was this? That was when I was uh, 24, 25. How old are you now? 29. You got kids? Mm-hmm. How many? I got, so I got married when I was 21. I have two kids. Is that arranged? No, it was it was chosen. <laughs> it was chosen. I chose. We chose each other, and um, we got divorced. I have a son and a daughter. How old was he? He was um, six years older than me. Oh. He's six years older. Do you have any kids? Mm-mm. Not yet. You want kids? I'll take my stepkids too. You would date somebody with kids? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have, but um, I just choose not to. What was the What was the issue when you did? There was no issue. Nothing. Just rather not. Um, kids love me, and I just don't want to. I don't even want to meet kids. You feel like you'll hurt their feelings. I mean, one day when the time comes. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to do that to a little kid. Little guy didn't deserve that. Like, <laughs> That's and funny. then um, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of selfish too. Like I want the time to myself. I don't. I don't know. I don't even think too deep on it. But when women tell me they have kids, I just be like, oh, okay. That's out. Not really out. I'm just kind of just uninterested. The points just went down dramatically. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. When. What. When people, when you tell, when you tell them or when just women? No, just in general. Oh. Like, you know, social media, viral clips. Um, <laughs> don't let them fool you, man. Niggas, gonna, niggas still going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's no lack of, you know. Right. People, different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. So why didn't your marriage work out? Um, So many different reasons. But honestly, it was that. It was what you just said. It was like. We couldn't get through the BS and ending it was an option, you know, fighting a lot, getting into really, really bad fights, not being able to like see past that, see 10 years down the line, see 15 years down the line. And um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out, but we're friends. We're friends. I think people need to have a lot of money if they choose to get married and like coexist because you need some time apart like with me i'm gonna have a house for us the kids whatever then i need the house another house for myself and then i probably need another house like somewhere out the country like i need to be getting away like for days and weeks at a time because i in order for us to make this work so we don't have to make this end I just take little breaks. Like sometimes you need time to yourself. And the way people look at marriage, I was like, 
this is this person I have to just spend the rest of my life with. And I don't really gotta be like that. You know, this is the person that I've committed to, but I don't think we have to spend all day, every day with each other. I don't think we have to spend, like if we need to take a month apart and go right ahead and then come back, you know, get your shit together. I feel like the point is like, you should want to be around that person a lot. I yeah. mean, even if you, if you have those moments where you want to be away, okay, be away. But like, ideally after a few days apart, you're going to be like, man, you know, I miss my other half. That's my perception of marriage. But again, I'm not seeing I marriage as like a business idea. No, I love that too. I love, I'm going to have to <laughs> love this person that I'm with because this person will essentially be like a best friend. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you go two days, three days and it's like, okay, you're in this house in another country, but... Yeah, like, damn, I want to go home. Like, yeah. I would want to be with somebody who didn't want to be apart that long, even after a fight, you know? Mm. And maybe that's just me romanticizing the idea, but I will, I feel like, I don't know. I'm still on the, I'm still on the true love train. I do think true love exists. I do think that we have people out there that we won't want to be away from. And then maybe you take that time and it's like, it gives you a day to think or two days to think, but a month apart? If I need, I mean, in a marriage, unless it's business and you're like, you're going to go do business or something. I feel like an extended amount of time like that, optionally, like. Optionally. Yeah. I mean, of course, it would have to be a reason. I don't like, I'm leaving for a month. That's a lot. I'm kind of sick of you. But I want to, I want to miss the person. I want to, you know, take a day or two or three or a week. And then when I get back to this person, like, okay, whatever feeling they was feeling, it's out the window. Like, they miss me now. Like, we got over it. Hey. Um, That's funny. It's like yeah. a relationship timeout. Yeah. It, it's well needed. No, I believe it's needed, but I feel like it should happen naturally. Like, oh, I got to work. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go out of town for three days. But it's like when you got to work, you're like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, so why just can't you just do it naturally? Why just can't do it? Because you want or, to. Or yeah, or I'm going to go, you know, take a vacation or meditation. But yeah. yeah. Sometimes when you tell women that they... They want to go with you. Like, yo, if I wanted you to come, I'm a, I would. Yeah, you. I want some me time. Yeah. Some me time. But they always think, not even say always. But when I say me time, they will always think that like, it's a girl involved. So what's me time look like for you? Um, I'm about to take me some me time very, very soon. Probably in Jamaica. It's going to be me, no cell phone, some weed, uh, some books. Shrooms and music and food and the beach. I don't really talk to nobody. I just want to just have some time to myself. Just meditating. Mm-hmm. I haven't left the country since 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Nice. Could you date a felon? <laughs> My uh, ex-husband is a felon, so yes. He was a felon before or, or during? Both. Damn, yeah, yeah. Like bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't supposed to be like that. I went to prison. For a long time? Yeah. How long? I did 17 years. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. You would be like 50 right now if you did 17 years. I went in when I was 17 and got out when I was 34. I'm 34 now. Mm-hmm. You've been out longer than a no, year. I'm, I'm going to do three years. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Does that turn good. you on? No. no. <laughs> does it turn me on? Does it turn me off? I'm not judging you. No. Um, I'm surprised you don't, you know, mm. 
you don't seem like um but actually no i'm not surprised because earlier you were just talking about your team and the whole thing yep, yep, yep yeah so it does make a lot of sense um yeah i'm a bad boy i'm sorry you got caught i'm not it helped you mm-hmm helped me out a lot i wouldn't have this podcast without it so how long ago did you get out for real 2020. Do you feel like um, you got out during the height of, you know, new opportunities? So do you feel like when you got out, it was like, dang, do I do it again? Or do I just stay, stay being good now? It took me a long time to like make that decision. In prison, I, I only focused on being a better criminal. Oh, wow. Well, the first, the first half of it, I was focused on... Okay, I made like a couple meals the first time. I could just definitely times that by 10 because I know how I got caught. I know how not to get caught. Basically, prison is just school for criminals. I've heard that. I've been talking <laughs> to criminals all day about how they got caught, how they not going to get caught when they get out. I, I only probably met one person that was probably going to change their life when I got out. One person. And um, something happened where I was like, I was supposed to get out of uh, prison a year early. And I got in trouble, so they took the year back, and I was like, damn, why God would do this to me? Why would God make me sit here another year in prison? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, let me just start doing something different. Let me not, okay, I already got the plan together for the, for the fraud. I already, <laughs> I already got that mapped out. But I was, even though I, even though I had it mapped out, I would still think and think every day because it would be like something new there, just something very, very small that I can kind of critique. Every day, every day, I would just think of ways to like make it better, and I really had a perfect plan. And then I started thinking about like, okay, a brand. Let me just think of something different. Let me just start learning other things. I started learning real estate, credit. I started focusing on marketing. Just a bunch of different things I can just fill like my arsenal with, just in case. Right. Just in case I don't do the fraud. (laughs) So the fraud was definitely first, and then working on a brand was second. And I don't know when I got out, I just started investing the money I had buried toward the brand. And here I am. I just left it alone. So they could have taken over? Mm mm. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> then I would be like, hell no. Nah, Fuck that time. But I got, I got what I came for, and shit, it was well worth it. Every moment of it. Like the whole experience. So you didn't take advantage of the PBP, EDD, RBG? RBG. <laughs> um, yeah, I missed that one. Good for you. I had enough money anyway. Yeah. I, I made you. enough bread to where like I didn't even have to like, touch that stuff. Yeah, that was... Um, it's funny that you said that, though, that everybody that goes to jail, it's like a school for criminals. You know, in Vegas... Everybody I went to high school with, you know, as we grew up and stuff, when they go to jail, they come out pimps because <laughs> they go to jail and they just learn mm-hmm. and they come out and they're just like, and it's crazy. And I'm always like, I always thought about that. Like, why do people get more turned up after jail? Shouldn't they want to want to do better? They ain't nobody talking about real estate. and But like, it's a difference, too, because I went to the feds and I had people that went to state prison. If I would have went to state prison, I probably wouldn't be here either. 
like the fact that I was able to like be around other criminals that even though they were criminals and thought like criminals and were ready to go do more crime, they was also in there learning about other shit. So like we would just exchange information on like, cause there'll be a guy in there that probably went to jail for bricks, but he also had real estate on the side and mm-hmm. was able to talk about that. There was other people that were doing trucking and a bunch of other shit that we was able to talk about big money shit. But right. other niggas that was in state prison was very violent. It's either gonna be talking about weed or killing people or women. That's that's it's crazy, but being a criminal is just like being a business owner. It's the same thing. Oh, especially white collar crime. Same shit. It requires so much thought and planning a lot. and so much. It was very tedious. The thing that I was doing, and I would try to explain to people how I did it. They were like, You made how much off food stamps? Nah, ain't no way. But it was so tedious. It was like I had to have a whole operation. Of people, and then like you know, strategies not strategies, but um, 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 um systems and processes. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> it was the same shit. You know, like once I realized crime like, SOPs. What crime SOPs? <laughs> crime SOPs. It was the same shit. So what I realized was like now that I go to these masterminds and like I'm around these entrepreneurs and stuff, it's like okay, I'm. I'm still in the the mind frame of learning, but like uh, I was in I was learning criminal shit because I was around criminals. Now that I'm around these entrepreneurs and they telling me, "Oh yeah, I made a million in a day." Oh shit, tell me more. You know, like I get excited about listening to that. First, I was excited about listening to crime too, but like I'm just in a different environment, and I rather this environment than. You're just excited about big money, hey, yeah. as you should be. Yeah, but that's very that's that's I always tell my dad that too because within doing all these real estate deals people will have like white collar crime organizations towards real estate like Mm -hmm. stealing houses basically (laughs) and i've had that happen during a couple of my deals to where like we go to close and we find out that somebody stole the deed years ago Damn. And did did fraud. And there's so much real estate fraud that happens that nobody talks about. And I always tell my dad, it's crazy because if you put your mind to it, you can make way more money doing white collar crime than actually working and selling houses. But either way, it's going to be work. Either way, it's going to be really hard work. It's just going to be towards something positive that you won't get in trouble for or mm-hmm. towards something that you can you know lose your whole life for. So congratulations on being on the other side. Thank you. <laughs> you never committed a crime? Um, not like a major one, like maybe stealing when I was a when I was in high school, like stealing clothes from Forever Twenty One, like little petty stuff. Oh. Um, selling a little bit of weed. A little to, bit of weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Grambling State University and um in Grambling there's nothing. It's mm-hmm. just this small college town, so there's no body, there's no jobs, there's really no way to make money. Mm-hmm. And I'm from the West Coast, so everybody just called me Cali. It was just like, it's Louisiana, everybody's really, you know. So everyone called me Cali, and everybody assumed that I had weed. And I met this guy that was from Texas, and he had a lot of weed. So I would, um, you know, just, I would buy weed for myself, and then I would sell it to people, kind of like wholesaling, mm-hmm. what I'm doing now with real estate. Keep some, sell some. and um, Did you get high up your own supply? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the point. It was like, smoke for free and make some money kind of thing, because I'm in school. And um, somebody told on me, and 
they came and raided my room. Not raided. Yeah, it was it was so stupid. I. So you are coming. We're, no. We're just like. <laughs> probably are just like but it was small scale like i didn't make no two million dollars <laughs> but if it did what if it did though what if, what if it gave you a few more those like, no, here you would have been just like me <laughs> just like me and a lot of people went to um a lot of people went to prison one time i was in the car and the guy that was only just gonna give me a little bit of weed he had seven ounces of weed under my seat but he was only supposed to give me a little bit but he was taking us to walmart to go grocery shopping yeah. and we got pulled over and he was on parole. Uh. So they cuffed him and they cuffed all of us. Mm. And we're sit standing right there and he's looking at us and nobody's saying anything. I'm like, well, we're all about to go to prison. Prison, jail. <laughs> jail. No, prison. <laughs> In my mind, I was going to prison. They were going to shave my head. Damn. It was over with. Um, but then he was like, let them go. It's mine. And then me and my my homegirl went. Damn, he on parole. I'm like, it's day shit. We drove Please. back to campus, and there was this little restaurant that he used to hang out at, which is where we met him. And we drove the car back to the restaurant, and it was like six dudes, and they were about to like beat us up because they thought we told or something. They thought we had something to do with it. Plus, the weed was fronted to him; it wasn't even his. Nah. Somebody gave it to him to sell, so it was a lot of drama around that. Made it out safely Damn. and um a lot of people went to jail and i was like you know what this is not worth the me. risk <laughs> yeah hmm. just to smoke for free and have some money to move around you still smoke no i quit smoking last year last year mm -hmm. from 15 to 28 i smoked Damn. i know why I think I was just so sh overly sheltered by my parents. Mm. I had to find some way to take control. Why did you stop? Oh, why'd I stop? Because I'm like, I don't need it. Like, it's, I feel like um, I don't want to have nothing that I don't want to have any one thing in my life that I won't even say controls me because it didn't even control me. But I don't want to crave anything. Like, I don't want to mm. crave food. I don't want to crave like I just... Oh, I'm having a hard day. Let me get a blunt. Or, oh, I feel like I need to... I don't want to need weed to be inspired. I don't want to need weed to unwind. I don't want to need anything. I want to, like, be able to, me with my sober self, just truly lock in and make the best decisions I can. If I need to unwind, I can meditate and unwind. Like, I was just ready to be self-sufficient. I was tired of wanting a crutch. Like, I just mm. felt like weed was like a crutch. That's how I feel. Yeah, I don't want to need anything. Like I'm, I want to wake up. I don't want to need an alarm clock. What about sex? I, I'm celibate. I don't want to need sex either. How long been sex celibate? Six months. Um, actually, what is it now? Since January, so what are we now? September. Almost ten months. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. In the longest, like I've had little periods of time, you know, like six months here, nine months there, but um, that's when I got out of my last relationship and I just didn't feel the desire to date or go through that or like, you know, exactly what you said before, like just be in a situation, situationship, like somebody. Um, I'm just really taking my time. Like I want to feel like there's a purpose behind this um, dating before I go down that road. Mm -hmm. And my life is full. So I didn't like, I'm not bored or anything. I don't need to date out of boredom. Hmm.
Do you ever get lonely? Um, like physically, yeah, but muscle through it. Muscle through it. <laughs> no better. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Power through. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a toy. Just a couple little ones. Yeah. Nothing major. Nothing major. Nothing major. What do you, what's your goal for like celibacy? I mean, it's not even like there's a goal for the celibacy. It's just, I don't want to just be fucking for no reason. Like, right. So it's just. You say you don't drink either. No, I'll dr- I'll have a drink. Uh-huh. I'll have a drink or two, like, but I'm not like getting drunk or nothing like that. But I'll I'll definitely drink. I'm gonna go to a um a, a real estate event for the next few days in Tampa. I'll definitely like you know mingle and drink and meet people and have fun and um you know it's funny though, but like when you don't smoke for a long time, well for me anyway, I don't know about other people, but if I don't smoke weed for a long time and then I smoke, I'll have a panic attack. So I won't, I don't even try to like just smoke when I'm on vacation or just smoke mm-hmm. here and there. If I'm not smoking, I'm just not smoking. So I won't smoke, but I will have um, a drink or two or whatever. That shit, man. If I don't smoke in a long time, I will have like a, <laughs> I don't know, anxiety attack. I'll be tripping. Like, I'll be tripping. Yes. I'll be like, oh shit. It's but too I, much. I do get creative as fuck, but that first couple hours, I'll be like tripping. Like, man, what the fuck? Especially when I'm out. Yeah. I'm thinking they're yeah. trying to rob me. <laughs> oh, man, this nigga looking at me funny, but I gotta remember, like, people know who I am. Yeah. Especially if you get crossfaded that first time, like, if you're drinking and then you smoke for the first time in a long time while you're drunk, yeah, it's gonna be bad. You so I don't even mess with it. You don't know what's 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 happening. Like, you don't know if it's the weed or the liquor. Yeah, hmm. and then your heart starts beating fast. You're like, oh my god, what's going on? So I don't I don't dabble. Like, I'm not gonna. Hit the blunt a couple times on vacation. I'm like, all right, I'm not smoking weed right now. I'm cool. But the goal for smoking weed is I want to not smoke weed for three years and see because I smoked weed for so long. I want to see if I get this like clarity or if, you know, if something happens in my, uh, I do feel like I'm way more productive though when I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. So it has helped with that. I think I'm, I'm way more productive, but. Like, how I put it right, I did all of this stuff, like, sober. Like, all the content I've been creating, like, doing all this stuff sober as hell. And I know I'm very, very powerful when I'm sober, but damn it, sometimes when I hit a blunt, more creativity comes. But I don't want to, like, because, like, you'll be creative very sober, but once you hit that blunt, now you feel like you need the blunt to be creative. Yes. And I don't want to take away the superpower from being sober. You hit it on the head. It's like it does activate some stuff, mm-hmm. but you you start to to you need know, it, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly that's exactly what it was. I don't want to need anything. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this thing, and the guy was talking about he don't need an alarm clock, he don't need nothing, like he don't need food. And I'm like, man, that sounds so powerful. Like, obviously, you need food to survive, but it's not like mm-hmm. you know. You wake mm-hmm. up and you're like, I need a cup of coffee. I need yeah, a blunt yeah, to yeah. get my day started. Like, no, yeah. I'm just me. I can wake up and I can go hard in any environment. I like the I like the no alarm clock because you really don't need an alarm clock. No. You use one? I mean I have one just in case, just but I always <laughs> wake up I always wake up before it. Just in case. <laughs> but I do. I have my alarm set to six fifteen, like just to wake me up every day, just in case I but I always wake up before it. Oh, okay. If I tell myself whatever time I'm trying to wake up, even if I'm trying to wake up an hour, I'll tell myself, wake up an hour. 
And literally, bro, I wake up in 59 minutes. That's super powerful. That's super powerful. That means you have, like, really good control mm-hmm. over yourself and, like, your... Everybody has this power, though. Everybody does, but not everybody's tuned into it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are so distracted by, like... I mean, we have, what is it, 10,000, like, ideas coming at us mm-hmm. a day on on our phone. Some people are so into that and into the world that they don't have control over their consciousness. They're just mm-hmm. a blur. A blur. Mm-hmm. What? No, it's a good conversation. You like me yet? I've always liked you. Are you attracted to... Uh, oh. You attracted? No. It's okay. It's okay. Alright. Still got time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, I made a good friend, though. Friends? Yeah. And we, you know, we both are into... Making money, who knows? Both, you know? both we used to be criminals. We both are savvy entrepreneurs, I'll say. I won't say we both used to be criminals. I'll say we're both opportunistic. I, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's so many opportunities that happen every day, who knows? Who knows what we might make go. $2 million together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fun, uh, fun thought. It's way better than sex. Way better. Way better. Way better than attraction. Like, who cares about that? Yeah, give me that two mil. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) No, I mean, and money relationships last so much longer. They do. A lot of my closest friends right now, we made money together and we were able to trust each other Mm -hmm. based on, you know, mutual respect and and, and hustle. So I think that's way better. I think that's how relationships start. I agree. I think that's a good thing. Fuck love and attraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love and attraction is fleeting. You can attract, be attracted to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then also, people could talk a good game and you'd be attracted to that and not even know the real them. Vanessa. Vanessa. So, who has time for that? But if you, if two people or a group of people focus on an objective and they handle that, then now you know everybody is actually about what they're talking about. They proved mm-hmm. it through, mm-hmm. through showing up. So, I think that's super powerful. Mm. Friends. Friends, yeah. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like friends. You're funny. I like friends. Friends forever. Oh, friends forever. Yeah. Okay. I get to meet your kids and stuff. Yeah. Would you, would you cook for me? Yeah. Eat the open food. For sure. Yeah, I love to cook. I love to cook. sleepovers. Um, I mean, like, if it's, like, a group of people and we're, like, in an Airbnb. Okay. And, you know. Sleep in the same room? No, I mean, come on. That's not friends. (laughs) No, 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 no. Honestly, listen. I have friends. Listen, I have friends that I do not touch. But we could spend a night together. I could be around them naked. But I just do not touch them. So, I have guy friends that I've known for a long time, like... That we can, I can, they can sleep on my couch or we can sleep in the same room. And yeah, nothing's going to happen because we're, we're just homies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Eventually, like when, once you lock in with somebody, I think it definitely can be that. And you know, people are respectful. Like you just got to know who somebody is. Mm-hmm. But you strike me as a very respectful person. I'm so respectful. Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. do. You strike me as a very respectful person. When I say this, like uh, men, they don't believe it. Like, there's no way that you could just be around a person, especially if they're naked. 
then you're just not But trying. why are y'all naked in the same room anyway? I mean, sometimes... Because <laughs> um, that just sounds crazy. I know. It sounds crazy. But like, you can't even think of a scenario where no, you're... This, look, I'm going to tell you. Like, one of my homegirls, she just loves my tub. And when she comes over sometimes, she's like, I want to just take a bath. And sometimes she just gets in the tub. And... She might need a towel and just steps out or some shit. I don't know, just random. She don't just she just doesn't care. <laughs> and then I might be taking a shower. She just walks in. And she might just sit there and have a whole conversation with me, just me just soaping my balls. So you two, the specific person, are just friends. Never had sex. Never, never entertained the idea, or you did, but it just didn't happen. Nope. Strictly friends, and. What did it take to get to that comfort level of just... I don't know. Just It was very is, short. Is it too. just her? Is it kind of how she is? You think she gets naked around most people? No, I think I think it, I make people feel comfortable enough to do that because I'll never like, throw a pass at them. I'll never try them as a friend. Like You just don't. Cool. So I think her knowing that I'm never going to try her allows her just to be free. Is she single? Sometimes she be single. Sometimes she don't. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you think that her, when she's not single, do you think that other person knows that that's how she is? No. They, they wouldn't allow that. They wouldn't allow that, right? They probably don't even trust them around me, period. Like, <laughs> and they just going based off of the persona of the Instagram or whatever. Like, I know he's going to try to fuck my girl. So, they, can't, they couldn't say that. Let me ask you something. Did you put thought behind this persona? Were you like, this is what I'm going to create? for my brand or is it really you it's just me it's really you mm-hmm. yeah now this is a version of me <laughs> i'm not like this 24 7 so it's like a switch i just turn on and off like i'm really conservative and laid back chill what's um, another version of you um what's another one mm-hmm if this is a version, what's another version? Um, sometimes I'm aggressive. Like if I'm playing sports. Very aggressive. In business. Should, should talk her. Business is a different version of me. Sexually. Because I'm a beast. Let <laughs> <laughs> the record. Yeah. <laughs> like no. in the record show. This is just a version of me. Um, but I, I didn't think of it. I didn't. I had to think anything as I, I just studied myself and then I studied how people um, perceive me and then I, I just played on it okay well that think of me when I'm this way I, I just keep playing with this um, just how I came out so would you consider yourself an alpha male or do you even like what's your thoughts on that term I think I'm an alpha male um, but I'm more so like uh, what's the other one? It's another one. Beta? No. It will come to me in a second. But it's um uh, the explanation would be like <clears throat> I would say. They don't really worry about a title. They just are who yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But like, I don't ever try to like be an alpha male or walk around saying I'm an alpha male. I don't really care about the term, but I'll never be a beta. But sometimes I might, ha- I might have beta ways, you know, like they will associate beta with like being romantic or I don't know, being a certain way with women, being soft with women. But sometimes I'm soft with women. Sometimes I'm. But do you think people can just be like you're alpha, you're beta? Like you think there is you can be both. labels? You think there's labels though? Like is some guys that you look at and you're like he's he's beta? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah, hell yeah. You, you could just t- I could tell our conversation. Sometimes I could just tell by the way you look. Yeah, he definitely. But sometimes you can you can't go based off look because you you could be this way amongst men and then be a, a alpha around women. So like prison too, prison showed me like um, I don't know like I was just amongst a bunch of men, a bunch of testosterone going on, and everybody feeling like the alpha male, and then it'll be the guys that have to prove themselves like to show that they're alpha, either by like running the yard or like being the most masculine looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I learned about I learned a lot about me, and then like being a man, and then just what not to do and like what not because I never tried to prove myself I never even though like I made a lot of money and like I was I considered myself a millionaire I would never try to like say it I would never try to like expose who I was because one I knew that I make friends very very easily and then people really attract towards me so let me not just show people who I am because I'm going to make a lot of friends and then I'm a generous person I'm going to be giving out I find myself just giving out shit like, oh, bro, you got to wake up. I'm just buying y'all. I'm buying y'all food this week. Oh, what the fuck am I doing this shit for? It, but it was just in me. I'm just generous. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, to help people. I was like, let me just make less friends and then I won't have to be like this. You don't have to take care of so many people. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Do you feel like um, in prison there was like a, you had to like show no type of weakness? Like you had to really. Yeah, for sure. Because people eat your ass up. Once they know like, Cause that was a weakness. Being generous is a weakness. It's a weakness. Cause people, once they realize, like, oh, this motherfucker would just hand out money. Oh, oh, damn, bro. And one day it'll be twenty, and then next week, like, hey, man, like, you think you could? And then one day I just had to listen. This gonna be the last time I fuck with you. Like, I can't be goddamn. Be, even though I had it, I don't want you getting comfortable. You know, like some people, like they've been in jail for a very long time, and they just people just stop helping them. But that don't mean like you can't figure out a hustling here. I ain't gonna be the motherfucker you like hang on to and crush. No, I'm not gonna be a crush. Figure this shit out. You know, it's, it's when my ex went to prison. Um, he went before I ever met him. But when he went, when I, you know, when it's funny, but he's not the only person that I've ever had go to prison. Like I've had friends that went to jail or prison or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's similar to when somebody you love gets locked up too. Because you want to be generous, you want to help them, you know they're in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're in a situation where they're not in the real world no more. So they're mm-hmm. forgetting like the real world life, money, mm-hmm. stuff. What I got going on on the outside, nigga? I got bills and shit, nigga. Yeah, so you're here like taking care of stuff. But if they're used to you sending, okay, you sent me $300. Mm-hmm. You sent me $200. And they want that same type of finances but if you don't have it then they feel abandoned almost because every their whole world is revolving around what somebody on the outside can do for them Mm -hmm. and like you said eventually most people stop doing for them so you become that person 
that they rely on, if you let them down, you're like crushing their whole world because they have a very narrow world right now. So it's like um, a really good friend of mine that I went to college with went went to prison recently, went to jail recently. And um, it's hard because it's like, yeah, I'm doing better in life now, but I can't just give, 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 give frivolously. I have to like have a, have a, a limit or like an amount that I feel comfortable with never getting back. Mm -hmm. Cause if you give away $10,000, but you want it back, that's going to be, you're not going to feel good. Even if you know you did something good in the back of your mind, you're always going to be feeling like stupid. Stupid. Like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. Like I shouldn't have did that. I'm never going to get it back or you might need it and they can't give it back to you. So it's more like rationing. Like, okay, if you're going to be in there for a year, maybe I should do like, Two hundred dollars a month or three hundred dollars a month because that's something I could do consistently over a long period of time versus mm -hmm. like let me try to help bail you out or like here this is what I can do for the bail if you get bail but let me not try to just right. do everything you know Don't so it's twisted. like it's hustles and I, I was in there selling this thing called yum yum jars <laughs> Shit, I did, like a parfait. <laughs> and I only did it just to stay busy like I didn't really need the money no you made like them that. yeah I made them fucking scratch and okay. Um, but there's it's hustles in there, like I and I know this, and then so when people call me from jail, like I would help out a couple of times, but hell no, nah. like find find a way, do not depend on me because I got real life shit going on outside, and I can't be there all the time. This yeah, is not gonna happen. There's a jail, uh, there's a jail ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And you can find you can find a way. You can sell food, chicken, fruits, shit, cigarettes, weed. Even when I was smoking weed in jail, and people would send me money for weed, I was still rationing jail. I could buy a limited amount of weed, but it's just something about me. I was like, all right, let me still ration this stuff. Like, I don't want nobody feeling like they just got to keep sending me bread. Somebody sent me $300, I would stress that shit for the whole month. That's good. That's good because then you don't burn out those relationships too. Because right. then people are like, oh, no, they're calling again. Right. Or like the phone, the phone's expensive. And then you like call, and then you call again, and then you call again, and you call again. And it's like... All the money's gone from those four or five phone calls. Yeah. So sometimes you can't answer the phone because you need to spread the money out. But that's a good, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But I have to learn that too because I'm I'm naturally, um, I'll say I'm naturally like a loving, giving person when I care about people. When I, if I don't know you or I don't care about you, obviously that's not the case. But if I care about somebody, I don't want to see them go through anything bad, you know, especially right. if I can help it. I know how I would feel. I always put myself in people's shoes. I'm very empathetic. I can put myself in someone's shoes very easily. So I always want people to feel like how I would want to feel if I was them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that can be, um, it can hurt you if you mm -hmm. are a generous person, like in that situation, or people can think you're weak or, you know, it's a sign of weakness. Ask, ask you for too many things. So mm -hmm. there's definitely boundaries. Hmm. Flashback to prison. Sorry. I know it's not fun. It was cool. I was in and out of jail my whole life, so prison was something like I was just. You used to be in and out of jail your whole life. Not never again. Never again. I can't never go back. I never can't even again. commit a crime again. <laughs> I, I never thought I would be able to say this. Like I would never commit a crime. I don't give a fuck how much money. Yeah, I don't care how much money involved. Eight hundred million dollars. And see, that's some, that's a lot of time. So if I steal a hundred, <laughs> if I said eight hundred million, not even steal it. 
It's at the port. All you got to do is da 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 da. I don't know. I got to weigh my options. <laughs> got to weigh my options here, man. But I don't even. It's so much money at stake with what I got going on right now. I would be a fool. For sure. You know, I think I can make up eight hundred million doing this. I I know you, know you can saying? too. So it's like, damn, if I get caught doing that and I'll be in the jail cell, like, God damn, nigga, I was this close. <laughs> I was this close. You to, gonna be saying that forever? I was this close. <laughs> I was this close, man, to figuring this shit out, man. These folks about to pay me. Oh, yeah, no, way too much to lose. Do you feel like you didn't have a lot to lose the first time around? I did. Um, nope, I ain't had shit to lose. And I and I that was my mindset too. Like I didn't even I wasn't trying to cover my tracks. Like I was just doing mm, this shit. Mm. But now that I actually like put some work in and like have something that I can like leave. I mean, this is like a real company I can really actually leave. And then like the other shit that I got going on my investment. Yes, I got shit to lose now. Do you invest in real estate? I have, but not right now. Okay. You I have, plan on it. That's good. Like rental properties and stuff. This was a flip. Okay. Well, this was, I did a flip and then it was a rental property. Did you enjoy it or was it just like a lot of work? I wasn't hands on at all. It was just an investment. Okay. No. That's good. But I plan on, once I get a bunch of, once the lump sum of money starts coming in, I'm talking about like, once I get to the status I'm making a million a month, majority of it is going into real estate. Like 80. A million a month's a lot. Mm-hmm. Why that number? Like, why not on the way there? I mean that too, but um, like when you just have too much money to yeah, just, to invest and to spend into yourself, it's just overflowing. Yeah, okay, that I could just pour into real estate versus the bank more so. Yeah, but no money's going into the bank. Okay, very very small amounts, like maybe like ten percent of my money, maybe five percent of my bread is going to be in the bank. The majority is real estate. Well, you live somewhere so good that, you know, all the little areas around here are expanding mm-hmm. and um, you can do so much. There's so much opportunity. Like this unit right here is like 400, 440. To buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. But I mean, like outside of the city and all those, imagine like all those cities that are growing around, mm-hmm. like offices, places that people don't live in. Mm. Like land where they could put a McDonald's, land where they could put a Starbucks, mm. that'll pay you without ever having to, ever having to worry about a tenant or yeah. a repair or anything like that. Just, I like the idea of investing all my money into real estate that nobody's gonna live in, mm. that people are gonna use to make money, because then it has nothing to do with me. It's just a money transaction only. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I've been going to a lot of events and masterminds and listening to people and seeing what they do. And I feel like the people who have all those units of tenants are way more stressed out. Mm-hmm. And the people that got their land and their buildings rented out to companies, they're chilling. They don't have no stress. I don't want nobody that's going to stress me out. No. It's not good money. <laughs> I, do not, I, don't much, I do not want to stress. Like this right here is enough stress because I got to think and be creative. <laughs> but anything outside of that, man, listen, keep that money. I need a stress-free life. Even relationships, stress-free. Do not bring none of that argue to negative. I like a real positive atmosphere. Life. 
Yeah, for sure. Positive, productive. I think that's the reason why a lot of relationships fail, though. If you're really protective of your energy, once somebody starts to make you feel bad a lot, you just don't want to be around them no more. Yeah, get up out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gonna get married again? You want to? Um. Yeah, I do. I would. I would like to get married again. Mm. For, for a lot of the same reasons you said, and I would like to have a life partner. You know, I don't want to be like sixty, seventy, and right. and be alone. Um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's like a priority for me, but um, I'm naturally a person that you know. I like the I like the comfort of a relationship. I like having a best friend. I like having somebody to talk to about everything. It just has to be the right mind, you know. You can't share big ideas with small minds. So true. So when I say something, I don't want ever want it to be like. I want to be like, oh, you know, that's mm-hmm. important to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if I have any more questions. I think we we got a good amount. Now we just got a kiss now. No way. <laughs> <laughs> you were funny. <laughs> like that's how I end all my episodes. Like, wait, yeah. I ain't never seen that. <laughs> no, it's just, just this one. <laughs> you are so funny. Mm. You like funny guys, right? Yeah, I do. But we're friends. Friends forever, right? Friends forever. So, um, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Um, you you are teaching real estate. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm. Um, so, what I'm doing right now for people who are beginners, they don't know a lot about real estate. I'm doing a five day challenge. So, I'm breaking down virtual wholesaling, how I am making multiple six figures. From my couch, from my living room, um, everything, how to find the cities, find the markets, find the buyers, find the sellers. So it's a five day challenge. We're going through everything step by step in those five days. And um, it's only a hundred bucks. So for anybody who's interested in that, um, I'm also doing a free masterclass. Um, I believe it's going to be on on Sunday or Thursday. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see when those free classes are going to be. And that's going to just be breaking everything down. Mm. How I'm doing that. Awesome. And my couch is much smaller than this, but it's you should get one. It's a these. comfy place to work. I can work, sleep, chill. Netflix. For everyone at home, this thing is way bigger than it looks. It's like two beds. It is. It's giant. Um, you want to stay over? Not tonight. Tomorrow. Maybe when our friendship is like more more developed. That's cool. Since you got friends like that. We're not friends. <laughs> We're not, I lost them all. They moved away. but yeah definitely and um would love to when you get you know when you get interested in real estate i would love to talk about it with you too because you already you know a lot about it Mm -hmm. i'm dumping money in real estate dumping it i see it coming i love that i love that for you and for all your all your followers and fans like it's definitely the number one thing to start getting into if she can do it, you can. 100%. Um, I really just believe whatever you put your mind to, because some people just don't have any direction or don't know what to do. I said, just find something that you're passionate about. 
and just do it. Put your all into it. Trying to do like five different things at one time. You need to focus. If I could do it, if I could take five, I, took, I started with $500 and I was a waitress. It's not like I was a, a genius. Yeah, $500? I started with $500. That was my whole budget in the beginning. $500 and me in my living room. And I've turned that into my first year, I did over 300K. That's a lot from making like 50K as a waitress. That was a big jump for me. And, you know, every year is, is leveling up. So um, I'm trying to do a million a month too. But everything is a process. And if you believe in yourself and you just do the things, it'll come. I truly, truly believe that. You don't have to be a genius. You just have to follow the steps. Mm-hmm. So true. Don't reinvent the wheel. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you. This was fun. This didn't go how I wanted to, but it was great. <laughs> I am done. You were funny. <laughs>